Hello out there. We're on the air. It's, it's Rink Moose Talk tonight. The beers are cold. The mics light up. And, and the, the boys, boys get set to fight. The gloves come off. Opinions get thrown. And someone slips on ice. One man howls. The other scowls. But the show must go on. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. You're an announcer with a long stick from time to time. With hockey flows. And Marshawn's nose. And Pierre Maguire's life. Not John's a leaf. Ovechkin's teeth. And Hoffman's crazy wife. When Carey slumps. And Benjamin stumps. Durant's not LaFontaine. Jokes aside, it's podcast time. And Rink Moose is the name. Live from the Rink Moose studio. In Toronto, Ontario, Canada, episode 21 of the Rink Moose Episodic Podcast. A weekly episodic podcast where two good friends get together and discuss all things NHL and their implications in a fantasy hockey universe. I'm one of your hosts, Nick Costu, along with my good pal... Today he was the Jonathan Taves lookalike on the ice, on the pond... Kyle Nice. Kyle, how are you doing this afternoon? Pretty good, Nick. Had a very good holiday. Spoiled as usual. And uh, just very pleased to be joined by three of the classiest gentlemen in the uh, in the North York general area here. We have Richard Magoni. Hello, nice to meet you all. My name's Dante, and uh, I'm a big fan of the podcast, so I'm happy to be here. William Engels, network executive. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, just to let the audience know, this is our first roundtable edition of the podcast. We thought it would be fun being the holiday season. We, we bring up forward the lads who love the sport just as much as you guys do, each in their own different way. And uh, they've got some knowledge to, 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 to divulge this afternoon. And uh, without further ado, Kyle, I know you want to get things started off. Uh, you, had, you had quite the eventful uh, week in Newmarket, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right? I did indeed, Nick. So the uh, the Newmarket Rink, so we, we call it a pond, but it's just a maintained rink. It's somewhat of a legend of the holiday season for my friend Braden and I. And uh, last week, we went to the pond as we usually would, and there was a player on the ice that I knew right away. The, the general fan might not be uh, aware of this guy, but uh, he was unmistakable. Six foot four, 220 pounds, just pure skill. Nick, I could tell right away. It was Quinton Byfield, 16-year-old. Who? Who? Sorry, who? Who, who? who is this man? Quinton Byfield, 16-year-old hockey prodigy out of Newmarket, Ontario. Some call him the second coming of Christ. <laughs> the guy's just so skilled, Nick, and he's, uh, he's going to be one of the top three picks in the 2020 draft. So I don't, uh, I don't blame the general hockey fan for not knowing his name. But uh, it was just really cool. He had his little Sudbury Wolves cap on. So I could tell it was him, but uh, the, weird, well, the one weird thing about the guy, he was wearing a full-on winter jacket during the whole on-ice session. Dusty. I'm just thinking, yeah, I mean, come on, like, it's it's boiling hot. I'm here sweating in a jersey, a single jersey. This guy's just, I, I guess he doesn't sweat. He's just such an athlete. But uh, um, I was there with my friend Braden, and uh, I told Braden just quietly, and he doesn't know who he is either. I'm like, Braden, <clears throat> come over here. It's like, Braden, this guy... He's a legend. Trust me. He's like, oh, 
goes, no, he's not. He's just a kid. I'm like, okay, well, let's see. We play him, and Braden gets absolutely schmungled out there. Just broken ankles left, right, and center. And, uh, yeah, it was, needless to say, the skill was evident. So that was my quick Quentin Byfield story. Now, I didn't go up and shake his hand or anything, you know, because he's so young, and, and he's not super big yet, but... You know, I just played with him as, as I usually would. And, we, you know, we were just uh, two lads playing hockey. But now the next guy I met, and this was actually Christmas night. And this one needs no introduction. This one needs no introduction. And I uh, I got to the rink and I was alone this time. But I just got this Nathan McKinnon jersey in my, uh, in my little stocking there. And I was like, you know what? I have to break this jersey in. The family's gone home. So uh, let's go to the rink. Braden wasn't available because he was doing some family shit. But... Uh, Needless to say, me and Brayden are on the phone. I'm like, Brayden, you know what? Uh, I got a good feeling about tonight. Uh, I feel like it's going to be a good turnout. So I step on the ice, and it's cut in half, two games, right? Step on the ice, and I'm just, you know, warming up, doing my thing. And in the corner of my eye, there's this sitting area, which, you know, you know a bunch of cha- chairs set up around a, a fireplace TV kind of thing. And I see this guy, you know, good posture, extremely good posture, just sitting upright, just chugging a few beers, and he's just bolt upright. I'm like, who's this schmuck? <laughs> and I, I looked a little closer, and he's got just this sort of ginger, grubby beard going on, a toque, and this gray shirt. I'm like, oh my god, it's Connor McDavid. That's the best player in the whole NHL, in the whole world, is sitting right over there having... Some sort of beer. I wish I knew what it was, yeah, Will. I, I really do. million dollar question. I, I wish I knew what he was drinking, but he had a couple buddies over there. So I was like, I was a little starstruck for 30 seconds. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm just going to play. I'm sure he's going to come on the ice and then we'll see how things, how things go. So I, did, I played my game and needless to say, he, he came on over and he played on the, the, the other game, the other side of the ring. So I didn't actually get to play with him, but uh, he took breaks often, you know, had more beer. And, uh, you know, I went over, shook his hand. I said, hey, hey, Connor, nice to meet you. Happy holidays. And uh, he said the same back to me. So I was like, I was getting a little sweaty there. I was like, oh, my God. And then he, he turned to me and I quote, he said, hey, you've been out here a long time, eh? You're a champ. And I was just like, my knees buckled a bit, boys. I'm telling you. My knees went weak. I think uh, <clears throat> JFK felt the same way about Monroe when they first met. So good night. nice to know that you have your, uh, your hockey crush. There you go. Cross paths. Not only did we cross paths, but he complimented me, which I was just... I, oh, I told my whole family. I woke them all up at 1 a.m. I was like, guys, this is important. Now, so. how, now, how big is this guy? Like, he is the best player in the yeah. NHL, undisputed. So, like, how different than he, does he look than just some schmuck, that schmuck across the street? So, at? I always find this with NHLers when you see him in real life, but... There was a you know a peer of mine, a hockey a hockey guy of mine, a good buddy from the pond. He came up to me and he goes, "Oh, that's not Connor McDavid. He doesn't look anything like him. He's too small." I'm like, "No, man, that's him." I mean, sometimes they just look like this, but he's got a he's he's got a tall, slim build, but you can tell like he's got this athletic body to him where you just know he's like really quick. And he didn't turn it on or anything on the pond, but you could tell with his little movements. And like I said, his posture was just fucking bolt perfect. So. Yeah, it was it was really cool to see, and and he he seemed like just a, a class act, just a good guy too, based on how he was interacting with everybody. But man, he took a couple pictures with some kids. But man, you should have seen the the lineup of guys just watching his game. I've never seen somebody wow. watch shitty like this. But yeah, I, what I didn't want to do is I didn't want to be a fan girl. I didn't want to go. Oh, can I have a picture? Like I'm such a big fan of yours. No, no, I I 
I went up to him and I was all cool. You know, I, I planned this for a long time. It took me a while to buck up the courage because I thought, you know, I can't get out of here without not saying something. You're not one of those Toronto birds, eh? You no. Always brag about their uh, their kills with uh, Austin Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me you didn't do what we did with Nazem Kadri? No. Walking out of the stadium, like, oh, Nazem, please, Nazem. can I get a picture? No, I learned my lesson, Dante. Because like, yeah, that day Nazem just wiped his dirty, greasy hand on his jacket, <laughs> took the pen and signed us to get the fuck out of here, kids. Get the hell out of here. Jonathan Tavares, you're my hero. <laughs> Well, that's a different story. If it, if it was Crosby up there that night, oh, it would have been a different story, boys. I, w- I would have uh, I would have went full white girl on this one. But uh, yeah, it was uh, all in all just a wonderful experience. Yeah. Uh, craziest part is you remember he's a '97 too. He's he's uh, he's yeah. younger than all of us for goodness sakes. Like, yeah, fuck, 21 years old, young prodigy. Yeah, Richard, and that's why that's why I told the guy that I was with. I was like, I don't know, man. He's younger than me. I don't, you know, I don't feel right going up to him and being all, uh, all fangirlish. So that that's why I, I thought about it. I calculated my move and I played it cool. Shook his hand. Happy holidays. You no, know, and, and I think you played it well. You know, you, you like the boy said, you weren't, you didn't give that kind of fangirl reaction, and you were yeah. quite modest and professional about yourself. But yeah, here, you here's a, here's another one for you. Who in the show, if, if you were to meet in the very same circumstance, or any circumstance for that matter, who in the show would you feel like you will just want to get in a scrap with? Like you just want to beat the shit out of them right there and then. Is there a guy in the show who you despise that very much? Like some guy I just don't have any respect for. Like, yes. Because yeah. like, I don't like guys, but I, I have enough respect for them where if I saw them, I, I'd be really nice. But uh, man, that's tough. Like, I'm not one of those guys who hates Marshawn, and I, I've always hated Ovechkin, but I, I'd walk right up and shake his hand, too. Uh, probably probably Tom Wilson in this case. Wow, okay. You know, he, he's the flavor of the month for uh, for being just a schmuck, so, yeah, I, I'd, I'd say Tom Wilson. You, but, you, yeah. But then again, I wouldn't say Tom Wilson because he's a lot bigger than me, and he's really tough, so, right. yeah, it, it's, it's a trick question, but I, I'd have to, yeah, I'd have to say Tom Wilson. Yeah, all right, well, uh... Neat story, once in a lifetime, if you ask me. And Very yeah, until he brings the cop back to Newmarket. Of course, yeah. of course, it's bound bound to happen, I, oh, I presume. Um, but anyways, we're gonna we're gonna switch gears here. And as I mentioned from the top, it is the holiday season, and as every Canadian knows at this time, and I'm sure the Finns and the Swedes and the, and the Russians and heck, even the Americans. I, there's you know, it's been it's been growing in traction there as well. Oh yeah, uh, the new. The, the World Juniors have started. They, yeah. they have begun. As of yesterday, it was the first round of games. Um, Canada beat Denmark 14 to nothing, mm. laid two touchdowns on them. Yikes. About as perfect a hockey game as hockey games could get. Yeah. Kyle, other than what I've just stated, what takeaways did you have from this uh, this, this beatdown of a, of a hockey game? Well, I mean... When I look at all the scoreboards from the night, Nick, they were all there's four games on the slate, and they all said two one except for one, and it was this fourteen nothing beatdown. And to be very honest, I did not expect this at all. And I know Denmark's not a hockey power or anything, but I mean fourteen nothing that takes consistency. It takes you know a relatively sharp goaltender because he did have to make a couple saves. But uh, I mean we we saw a lot out of this first game. We saw Comtois emerge as like. Just a, a very fitting captain. I think he's uh, he he looks like a surefire NHLer out there. It looks like he's already grown into his body and all that. 
Uh, we saw Frost get a little uh, get a little flare out there. He was he was excellent. I know you might have had a little problem with that goal celebration though. What, what's that? I about? did it. Uh, just the boys weren't watching the game. He straight up. It's it's two nothing for Canada. Three nothing. Two nothing. I think, I think it was three. It was yeah. the second goal of the game. Three nothing. Yeah. This guy, he scores like just like some short side shot. It was a good goal from the hash marks. It was a good goal. And in his celebration, he straight up skates behind a Denmark net and does like the this celebration. He did the Austin Matthews. Yeah, where he's like, "I can't hear you, can't hear you." Yeah. I thought it was a little much for for a three nothing first round round robin game against Denmark. Like it's yeah. it's not a goal, it's not a medal game. You're not playing Russia or the States. It's a little too much showboating, if you ask me. And I hate to be the Don Cherry here because I know he's all all he's he's drumming that drum drum all the time. But boy oh boy, I, I just I, I couldn't I couldn't take it. Yeah, I can I can understand if you pull a move like pull off a move like that against a rival a rival team like the U.S. or Russia or something. But uh, it's I I think that's. Uh, you could be a little more classy with a team like Denmark, for sure. I feel like it definitely looks worse, too, because they ended up winning by such a large margin. <laughs> just got, yeah. You just look like an asshole. You didn't just point. score, yeah. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, good points all around. I think, now just me knowing my bias, if that was an American player who did that in any circumstance, I'd be ticked. I'd be so pissed. Oh, yeah. Like, Typical American scum. But no, I, I looked at it when, when, in the moment I saw it, and I was like, I kind of just tuned it out. I, I didn't like it, but I didn't dislike it at the time. But yeah, Dante's right. Just seeing the score and then seeing the highlights and seeing that, That's it's, awkward, like, it's not a good look. It's now, not a now good look. the kid is 19. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very we young. have to remember. I, yeah. Yeah, so I don't want to be too, you know, draconian. On, Product on, of Aurora, Ontario, yeah, might I add. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so and, and hey, I love the story. The dad is the public was yeah. the public address announcer of the Toronto Maple Leafs all those yeah. years. So like a great hockey background. Great story and, and and a great pick for the Flyers, sure to be. Um, I just had a little bit of problem with that, but I, I'm letting that dominate this conversation too much. Yeah. Overall, I agree with your comp point. Any guy who in in the span of a 45 seconds can lay a gigantic hit and score an, a great goal in the same shift is, is Jamie Benworthy. That is captain worthy. That's yeah. what I want to see out of a hockey player. I think he's my favorite forward so far. Mm. Uh, Mikey DiPietro. You know, like you said, had to make some tough saves. I, I'd say it was a timely kind of game. You had to make some yeah. timely saves. Denmark had a power play earlier in the game, had to make some saves here and there. Um, and I loved his interview after the game. By far the most character, as 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 the crowd knows, as as listeners know, I'm I'm a, I'm a big evaluator of character. That's that's how much I I, I I take a lot of emphasis in that when I evaluate players. And and this guy to me looks like full of character, very Carter Hutton like mm. in his post game approach. On the ice, had a bit of shades of Jonathan Quick. I don't want to go too far down that road because that's, that's a tough comparison to make given how unique a goaltender he is. Mm. But uh, boy, oh boy, the way he moves around the crease, up and down, side to side. Uh, I just really like what I saw from uh, from Mikey DiPietro. So DiPietro gets a thumbs up from me. Um, Frost gets a thumbs up with the exception of the celebration. Mm. And, uh, and obviously Comtois. Uh, the Ducks have a great talent in him. So um, yeah, all around good performance from Canada. Yeah, and the coaching staff actually went out and they said it. They said, you know, D. Pietro, he's our guy. 
So he's officially won the number one draw. Really? Which is, uh, That's yeah. how old. Yeah, so... Before the other guys even had a start. Exactly, yeah. And and they they look at stuff like his resume. Like, he's won a Memorial Cup, which is... He played in the World Championships. He was the third yes, goalie. Yes, yes. He crazy. took shots against Connor That's McDavid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, look at... It. This tournament's a lot about pedigree, Nick. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a very 19-year-old dominated tournament. And if you've got experience, you 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 it goes a long way in putting you on this team. So... So that was good. Now, I want to make a quick touch on the defense here, Nick. Now, uh, we, we know Evan Bouchard has that prominent offensive role in the power play, and he, you could really see his skill in passing there. But uh, in terms of an overall dynamic talent, I look at Ty Smith as one of the more you know dynamic defensemen out there. I mean, I like Bouchard and what he brings, but he did have some defensive lapses too. Like He let that breakaway go, which turned into the penalty shot. Which was, uh, it was okay. I mean, but he's got a big body. I'd like to see him use it a bit more, too. I mean, the, the physicality can't all come from Comtois there, you know? Yeah, I agree. Um, but but I do like the balance on defense. I do like how you have the Bouchards, the Dobsons, the puck-moving guys. And then and then you got the other fellows who are more of a heavy presence, can, can throw the body around. Bouchard, by the way, he showed fantastic vision so far. Yes. I really like what I'm seeing from him. Yeah. Um, Barrett Hayden, Frost's line mate, the centerman of that line. Oh. He's been fantastic. I, That's I, a player. I, he's, he, is, he can play anywhere on the ice. Net he's showing presence, he's worthy yeah. of that fifth overall pick, is he not? Of course. Yeah. Um, so Phoenix, they've, they've got a good one in him. Um, now, imagine. here's the one guy I do have a problem with. Uh, we had to talk about this. Alexi Lafreniere, um, the 2020 projected <laughs> first overall pick. He's he's uh he's boggling my mind a little because you've been you've been talking the talk about this guy. I've never seen him play. Yesterday was the first game I've actually seen this guy play in. Yeah. And and if you hadn't if you hadn't told me he was the projected twenty twenty first overall pick, I just would have thought this guy was the thirteenth forward who made the team, <clears throat> which he was by the way. He but, was. But he to was. me, he just looked like some third line. Uh, now, you know, some guy who's just there to fill the hole in your yeah. lineup. Now. Yeah, the, the, remember when I told you way back then, he's a very confusing prospect, especially with his height, because he doesn't have any of those skills that jump off the page. Did you see that out there? No, yeah, he, he was throwing the body around. He was, you know, doing what he could to fit in, but... He looks like a stick figure, doesn't he? Sure, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but now, Nick, this is actually what uh, what I expected out of him and what, what a lot of prospect guys expected. He's, he's not coming into this tournament tournament looking to dominate, but I did see an element of, a, of his game that I've never seen, which is his physicality. Like you mentioned, he was hitting, and he was actually hitting pretty good. I'd like to see the stat on it, but he had, he had at least four really good hits out there. Uh, and what I looked for him because of his age and his, his experience is that I wanted him to fit in. I didn't want to see him look out of place. I, I didn't want him. I didn't really want to notice him out there. That that's what I considered a success for him. And uh, if you look back, if you rewind the clock a little bit, I mean, I just got the Nathan McKinnon jersey. In Nathan McKinnon's first year on the World Juniors, his only year, which was his actual draft year, so he was older than Lafreniere is today. He had one assist in six games. Wow. He had, he had a not a very prominent role, but. I mean, these young guys, it, it's super rare for them to actually perform. I think McDavid had a relatively good year. I think he had four points in yeah, six games uh, when he was uh, that age. So, I mean, I'm not expecting a whole lot out of him. That being said, give him a chance in the power play, and I think he would, uh, he could, he could change your mind out there. I, I am noticing his, you know, his physical abilities, skill wise, maybe not quite up to speed, but 
his mind is working, and, it, and it's working well when he does get the get the chance. Does to he it. even have a spot on the power play? The second no, unit? not. Wow. He has to work his way onto that second unit. Jeez. That's the thing. And if he doesn't do that again, you, you're not going to really notice him out there. That uh, that's the problem there. But well, if Canada's going to have a good run here, they're going to have a number of games under their belt. So yeah. hopefully he does have time to progress. Hopefully he shows some life in the Switzerland game tonight. Um, against the uh, who's the other who's the other team in their group? I know they got Russia on on, on New Year's Eve. Russia. Uh, oh, Denmark. Denmark. Yeah. Right. So yeah, That's not it. not much competition there. Hopefully he can show himself in the yeah. next two games yeah. against Switzerland and, uh, and and the other squad, and then hopefully by Russia he's he cemented himself on one of those power play units. Put up a couple points. Yeah, that'd then... be great. Yeah, because it's embarrassing when oh, when, when your team scores fourteen. Get, hear me out here, boys. <laughs> no, when your team scores fourteen goals and you didn't have an assist, and you had you had no presence on Bad any luck. of those points. No, that's a little embarrassing. On. You're an ass. Well, I mean, especially if you're like the top projected yeah. guy, you know. That's a little, yeah, come on. You gotta at least score one. This guy assist uh, on can, one. You can't even deny that. Fourteen goals. I was a little disappointed. I'm not gonna lie, but. Again, if this was six not if it was six seven nothing and he had no points, I'd be like, perfect, this fine. But yeah, fourteen nothing, no points. Kyle. I I don't know, guys. Like it again. I like the guy. I want to see him do well, but he's confusing as shit. Like if you watch him, you go, eh, he's all right. He's an average player. But the but first overall pick shouldn't be confusing I know, as shit. But he let, should be undisputedly great. But Nick, the top five projected first like. Of the 2020 draft, they're not even here. Lafreniere made Team Canada the, the deepest team, and no one else is even here, except for Anton Lundell, which, you know, that's he a He made the team because Gabe Velarde couldn't play. Let's face it, Gabe Velarde but regardless, had a spot. Though, regardless, like, look at all the other, like, there's a lot of Finnish talent. There's a lot of, you know, Swedish talent. They didn't make their squads, and I'm willing to wager that Canada is deeper than Sweden and Finland, regar- regardless of these injuries. So... It's a testament that he's even he's even there and fitting in. That that's uh he's already getting at least a, a B. All plus. I will say in closing my statement here is he will be under the microscope. I think if there's a Canadian player who's under the most pressure to contribute in these next coming games, the next couple of games here, I think it's got to be that guy. I agree. I agree. Yeah, because he's he's got the hype. He's got the features on Sports Center and Sportsnet. I mean, it's all it's almost too much. Like I think there's a confidence issue coming along if you know he's gonna he's gonna read stuff oh Lafreniere and Dobson were the only two without a point even the goalie had a point like you know he's gonna see this goalie did have a point three (laughs) players the the backup goalie Dobson (laughs) and Lafreniere did not have a point and he's gonna know he's gonna see this and I'm worried it might shake his confidence but if he gets playing with a little bit of confidence you'll you'll start to see some of the deft little plays he can make but regardless of that I have one more question regarding the juniors did you see any of the USA and in particular the Hughes brothers last night? I saw some of the highlights. I saw uh, Jack assist. Uh, I think his name's. Uh, Did he? He he assisted the captain, the U.S. American captain, the Kings prospect, their oh, tying goal. Okay. I think Mikey Anderson's his name. I know Anderson's the defenseman. Yeah, yeah, defenseman. Yeah, He's yeah, the yeah. captain. Yeah. Assisted his game tying goal, and then uh, yeah, they they squeaked out a win against uh, against the Slovaks. Slow um, now, what I will say is the Americans, I believe they lost against the Slovaks last year. So what Pierre mentioned Brutal. this morning, and I, you know, Pierre it's said this morning, 
He said it. Could, <laughs> settle down. Sorry. He, he, he said, he said it could be that they're in their heads, the Slovaks, because of that loss last year. Excuse. And, and that's why they came out a little simmer down. That's why they came out a little soft. So basically, comment from the peanut gallery. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, we'll simmer down. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, here's what I will say. Quinn looked fantastic last night. Absolutely. He, lo- he looks like the best player in the tournament. I don't care who's on Canada. He- Quinn looks like the best player in the tournament. Wow. Jack got a little roughed up physically, which I like to see. Uh, should, you know, prove you can handle the, the physicality out there. But... Uh, yeah, disappointed with USA. Hugely disappointed. Should have crushed Slovakia. And uh, that's all I have to well, say. Well, a game that. I will be tuning into with much anticipation. Uh, America, it'll be the US against Kazakhstan tomorrow night. Holy Kazakhstan. Fuck. First that's going to be a bloodbath. Is, is this their first World Junior game, <laughs> Kazakhstan? No, no. They're, they're in and out. But they're actually like really impressed. Like Kazakhstan has a team good enough to be in this Canada tournament. put up 14 against Denmark. I'm curious I mean, how much the Americans can put up against Kazakhstan. Fuck, is Germany even in this tournament? They are not. They, they, they've qualified for next year because they won the right, pre right, right. But this year, there will be no Germany. Kazakhstan's kind of the Germany of this year. I mean, if, if you remember in the Olympics, Kazakhstan got absolutely slaughtered. So I assume it'll be <laughs> something close to that. Oh my God. I hope... Yeah, they were talking about having some sort of mercy rule in, in place here. Really? We might need this. Wow. Like, they don't have it right now, but maybe they should. Like, poor Denmark, right? Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, USA, uh, you know, I don't know. Aside from the Hughes brothers, I didn't see a whole lot. I saw Wallstrom fumbling around a little bit. But uh, that's all I have to say about them. I, they have, just, they've I'm got just, more proving to do than Canada. Yeah, like, I mean, the Kazakhstan game, we won't be able to read in much no, from that exactly. either. It'll just be a beatdown. Yeah, sure. Um, but the second they play an actual competitive team, uh, I believe they're in the same group as Sweden as well as Finland, right? All I can say is watch out for Finland. Yeah. They have a lot of really, oh, they, really, I, no, in really that, in talented No, in the guys. preliminary game against uh, against Canada, who, yeah. who they actually they, they beat Canada in that yeah. game. Um, I mean, Capo Caco was electric, Tolvanen, Kupari. Um, those are all first power play guys. The, the power play looked fantastic. Um, I was very impressed with the, with the Finns. Yeah, and they got that funny, funny goalie, Uko Pekalukanen, mm. who is just <laughs> going to be a star in my dreams. Right. So, yeah, and I think that wraps up the World Juniors, Nick. We're, we're facing off against Switzerland tonight. I'm really excited. They should be more of a challenge for sure than Denmark. I think in the pre the pre tournament we beat them four three so close game, and then uh, yeah just fired up let's see a, another challenge for Canada here and uh, let's see and, some laughter. And they've got points. that very funny talkative coach. So oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. So you we know you know chance. he's gonna rally his troops together and they're gonna bring forward a good competition. I think he's a fool. So, hey I, I think he knows what he's saying. He's a smart dude. So yeah. I think he's gonna do what he can to rally rally the troops tonight and uh, and hopefully it's a good contest. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, with that said, I mean, we opened with the World Juniors for a reason, given there's been no NHL action in the past, uh, was it three, four days? It's yeah. Been, it's been the annual holiday break for the NHL. And, uh, you know, not much to talk about with, with the main league here, but one conversation we did want to get into, and, and this is segueing from the Sunday afternoon game um, between <laughs> Boston and Carolina. And I think by this very song, the listeners will know where we're headed with this conversation. 
Now, Will Angles, our resident Hartford Whalers historian, would you like to brief the audience on what they just heard? Well, Nick, uh, that would be the Brass Bonanza, possibly one of the most storied hockey so team songs, actually, I could possibly think of in the NHL. I mean, back in the back in the 70s and 80s, you know, that was ubiquitous with one of the best underdog teams the, uh, the WHA ever produced, the Whalers. Uh, I guess really to tell the story, you've got to go back to a, to a simpler time, a little bit of a departure from the polished hockey that uh, the listeners are aware of. Um, <laughs> Kind of a time where beer was cheap, <laughs> fights were plentiful, and the hard rock abounded, and that would be 1972. And uh, back in the day, they were uh, the, the the league uh, landscape was was a bit more fractured. Uh, I know the NHL had a had a pretty continuous competition between the uh, the World Hockey Association and the National Hockey League, and. Uh, yeah, uh, the the Whalers got their got their start in Boston. I remember they had to kind of jostle for arena space at the Gardens with uh, with you know the Bruins, the uh, the Braves, even even the Celtics. I heard they once played in a shopping mall. Uh, I have not heard about that. I read that. I would not be. I would. I would actually not be surprised. I mean, like I'm not really much of a hockey fan, but uh, that's what I, I read somewhere. I think the reason I like the Whalers so much is they seem like the team that best represents America. They're a bunch of scrappy underdogs with a very devoted fan base and hell, they even played the Soviets in the super series back in 76. So, I mean, it doesn't really get much better than that. Uh, <laughs> and don't, don't forget about those beautiful uniforms. Oh, the graphic design, man. Saying exactly what you mean is, is kind of a hard part of the logo design and oh boy, though, do the whalers do it well. I mean, the, it's just, it's clean, it's crisp. Those green uniforms, man, when they step on the ice, like, you know exactly who's playing. Now, of course, uh, for the audience, the reason we're getting into this conversation is because the Hurricanes, they had their, uh, one of the, the first ever uh, bring back the Whalers uniform night, I believe the first of three this season. And uh, they thought, you know, they'd, they'd paid homage to, to tradition and, and they'd, they'd break out the, the Whalers uniforms for one night. They won in winning fashion. It was a great night. Pucky the Whale was there celebrating with the team after the game. It, it was a great time for that one single night. But the conversation I wanted to have with the boys here is, what do you think of this? Is this just some commercial, you know, a money grab? Is this actually to, to honor a, a, a long legacy, a, a, a beloved, a beloved legacy, a beloved team? What do you make of this? And I want to start with, I want to start with Will because, you know, him being the most, you know, he's wearing his Hartford Whalers jacket right now. I mean, you, you being the resident fan here, what, what did you make of this? I think I like the idea in practice if the team itself was not hanging on by their fingernails to a franchise. Uh, I mean, you know, everyone knows how, how, what kind of low turnout the Canes usually get. And uh, I think it's, it's kind of egregious because ever since the Whalers left in 97, I mean, Hartford's kind of been starved for, starved for like local hockey. I mean, like, what do they have? Like the Wolfpack and Yukon? Like, I mean... To me, to me, it seems a little bit like a, a bit of a gimmick, kind of trying to coast off of another team's legacy. And you know, this is this is like this is a team that really stayed around longer than the laws of hockey economics probably would have let it. I mean, like you're you're right between two massive fan bases, being the Rangers up north and the 
or the Bruins up north and the Rangers in, down south. And I mean, they, they just couldn't make the turnouts. And it's, it's a shame that such a, such a great team had to kind of fall by the wayside because of that. But I don't know. It just seems, seems a little bit disingenuous, I guess. Just, just having, having no stake whatsoever aside from being like the continuing uh, franchise but you're still going to wear their jerseys and, and kind of like try and try and leech off of that legacy of theirs, you know? Right. And, and I don't, and I agree with, I think there's merit to your point about how the, 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 the team's floundering at the moment, the hurricanes that is. And, and Kyle and I were just talking about this the other week about how, how this owner seemingly doesn't know anything about hockey comes into this market, buys this team is trying to do everything he can to kind of mix things up and, and get the team back together. And he's, he's, you know, boots on the ground. He's trying to influence what the coach is doing. He's trying to influence what the manager's doing. And he's trying, he, literally, with this move, it looks like he's trying to do everything he can to keep the team in Carolina and to make his investment a solid one. And so I, I don't think it's coincidental how literally the first year this guy's the owner, we have Hartford Whalers, you know, Let's celebrate the Whalers night. You well, know? I mean, North Carolina ain't Tennessee, right? So there you have it. Yeah. No, it's... I mean, they have a low turnout for a reason. Yeah. No, that's fair. Uh, anyone else have uh, anything to say here? I mean, I think Will kind of said it best. I kind of took the words right out of my mouth, but this is definitely just... You're just looking to sell some jerseys, Nick. Plain and simple. Bonafide I mean, gimmick, man. It's exactly, gimmick. it's exactly what it is. I mean, it's like Will said, they're just going off another team's legacy, and they're just trying to make some money and but it is it is what it is you know i mean chances are they're doing a great job of that so it's been successful for them i'm sure and you know the fans kind of get a little here and there you know, they bring out the jerseys everyone's kind of happy no one really thinks about it in this way i don't think yeah, so it's, it's nice to see players wearing the jersey on the ice again in an yeah. actual professional hockey game i mm-hmm. guess because mm-hmm. you know they I, did, I don't think they really picked up the kind of popularity the kind of like long-lasting popularity that they did until around the 80s I mean, like, even for, like, the first few years, they were still the New England Whalers, right? And then they yeah. had to move to Hartford because of the, the whole arena issue. But, I mean, I, I see both sides of the coin. I really do. But at the end of the day, you kind of have to call it out as what it is. And, and that is just, you know, an owner who doesn't really have a personal stake in the game of hockey, who's, who's really just trying to do what he can to make his, his floundering team seem a bit a bit like more on the ball than they are and, right and, now and what i don't think should be overlooked is is what are actual people from hartford hartford whaler fans who grew up whaler fans thinking of this I oh mean, they're livid absolutely yeah. livid i mean <laughs> every every connecticut hockey page online uh the, the 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 aggressive memes the the i mean i don't want to be the kind of guy who judges judges the opinion of a of a large group of people off of like their online habits but i don't know about you but if a if a post has the first emoji on a post is angry reacts i mean like what does that mean right uh like i said they've been starved for for good good local hockey for the last few years and uh it's it it it's hard to see a team that you used to love and you grew up with kind of being like almost feasted on by like vultures and jackals, right? Like it's just, <laughs> I mean, that's what it is, right? Like it's just, it's just, you can't, you can't let this, this, this wonderful, wonderful team just, just even die gracefully. You have to bring them back up, wear their jerseys. Nice to see because again, like guys on the ice wearing, wearing old Whalers jerseys brings back those emotions of all the guys growing up in the seventies who, who watched the, these, these heavyweights like Bobby Hull and uh, the Gordie Howes just, just tear it up and 
if I if I recall correctly, they weren't actually a bad team whatsoever. I mean, one of the one of the only four stable teams from the WHA that actually made the cut when they merged with the NHL, and you know, nice for fans who like the jersey too. I mean. Chances are you're not going to be finding one of those anywhere. But oh, now it's a slick looking well, jersey. That's, that's, that's the thing. So now that they brought them back, if you did like the jersey, I mean, it's a, it's a, good, it's a good thing. Get no, yeah, on, and 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 Ray Ferraro, uh, one of the as you know, one of the most popular Hartford Whaler players in the in the history of the franchise drafted a whaler he even said there, there's no kind of warm and fuzzy feeling from that fan base like there should be and so it's it goes to show you that they've kind of sabotaged things here um so and just yeah. bring back the whalers just just bring them back yeah i guess <laughs> i guess just bring back the whalers I mean. I mean like what are some like crappy franchises you could think of that be uh replaced by that richard yeah no, i was i was gonna ask uh what 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 would you think it would take for um, that that kind of comeback in similar fashion to the Winnipeg Jets for a team like the Hartford Whalers. Do you think there's any potential for that, given that people are asking for the jerseys to come back? I mean, dedicated fan base aside, they may very well run into the same problem they did back in the back in the late '80s, early '90s, with the uh, just just existing between these two enormous hemispheres of of influence between these just to the original sex, right? You know, Rangers and Rangers and Bruins. It, it just being smack in the middle of that. You really have to have a fan base that's going to consistently spend money and go out to games. And they didn't have it back in the '80s. And maybe nowadays, after having lost their team for so long, they might be able to get some of that back. But it just it, it seems to me that it's the glory days of you know, post-WHA, uh, post, like, NHL kind of rivalry, they're, they're gone. I mean, what are they, like, they're going to have to, if, if even if the Whalers came back tomorrow, they'd still be at that, what, that crummy Hartford Civic Center, the, uh, what is it, the XL Center now, I think? But they, they'd essentially be there, and they'd have to draw the fans in from all of these, all of these different towns around. And- yeah, no, Rick, like just, if there's anything we've learned about today's NHL and, and the commissioner today in power, it's that he's a money hoarding ogre. And, 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 and there's, there's, there's no better way to put it. I mean, if the, if you are going to revive a franchise or introduce a new one, be you better have a stadium. You better have a consistent fan base. That's going to turn up each and every night. And, and it's all about the monetary aspects of the team. And, and the way he sees it right now, and we mentioned this with Kyle, is these markets like Quebec Nordiques and Hartford Whalers, as beloved as they are in the history and the legacy that's there, the situation just isn't as, as, as firm and cemented and, and it, it isn't as, um, you know, it's not a bona fide certified investment that, that he doesn't feel is safe about making. And so he'd rather buy a team in Austin or Houston or something like that. Something where you know you're going to get the return because there's two basketball teams there. There's two baseball teams there. There's a guaranteed market. And so that's why I think there's, as sad as it is to say, I, I can't see a new a new team from any of those cities coming it, up. It's a, it's a game of just, you know, dollars and cents. And it, as harsh as it might be, the, the idea of setting up a team in an emerging market seems a lot more attractive than bringing back another uh, bringing back a team that actually did have some very serious problems when it was around at least from the economic side versus starting fresh in an area where you know there's going to be a fan base you know there's going to be consistent turnout at games like if i recall correctly um 
the only time the Civic Center ever really filled up for the Whalers games was when they were they were playing against Boston and all the fans drove down. So, like. It, or or it, when Pierre Maguire was coaching. I mean, I mean, I mean that 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 must have lured everyone oh, to the game, right? I mean, like I'd go, I'd drive miles to see Mr. Peanut. So <laughs> <laughs> the monocle, the top hat, like you can't get any better than that. Didn't uh, didn't he really whip that team into shape too when they uh, when they played against so the Canadians? Yeah, I know he he told a great tale recently about this one time where uh, he he called it the most successful road trip in Hartford Whalers history. Uh, the, the team lost. They got blown out at the Mo- Montreal Forum uh, one evening, his hometown. He was so disgusted with his team that he skated them the following morning at 6.30 in the morning, hopped on a bus to Winnipeg, won in Winnipeg, lost in overtime to Calgary, won in Vancouver, and won at Edmonton. Uh, in, sorry, in Vancouver. In, uh, in yeah, in Edmonton. So he he claims it's 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 the greatest road trip in Hartford history. Which I mean, I find I find very hard to believe. Four four one and one is the best road trip in your history. But you know, whatever. I mean, even to make it to the to the end of the Eastern Conference, like to the playoffs, like they still had to go past the Bruins or oh yeah the Canadians, yeah, which are just you know, it even even for a team as like as root forable as the Whalers. So it's almost as if, like, what uh, a a a a boxer with a lot of heart is going up against, like, the Tyson's and the Mayweather's of the world. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's just you got to have an ins- insane amount of hustle and just 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 drive on the ice to mm-hmm. really like surmount those odds. You know? Sure, sure, yeah, and uh, and we're seeing it today with uh, with what's going on with the new playoff format. How the Leafs seemingly have to face the Bruins every playoff season, and they get mucked, or or they got to play Tampa potentially. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of gone for full circle. And uh, oh wait, what's what's this, Kyle's? What do you? What do you oh, more okay. beer, eh? yeah, more beer, eh? You want you want us to get you another beer, eh? <laughs> You're, you've Dante, been, you've been, here. Yeah, you've been you, you've, you've been quiet for some time, Kyle. What do what do what do you 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 say in there? You know, Nick, it's just nice to hear other people talk for once. Uh, <laughs> you can just sit somebody. back and just relax and it's vegetate great. on that chair, don't you? <laughs> just drink my beer and watch the show gain diversity by the very second. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. When, when you're drinking those beers, Kyle, what would be your favorite beer to drink during a game? Ooh. Dante, you're just sitting Dante. on the couch watching a hockey game. It's an excellent question. Feet are up, fireplaces on. <laughs> now, what are you drinking, Kyle? In my younger years, when I was in university, I would say my beer of choice was a simple Molson Canadian. Oh, for for the very fact that uh, it's cheap and it's just kind of a no hassle kind of beer, and uh, it's just nice to have a you know the maple leaf on on the on the can when I'm drinking. I mean, if it's if it's more of a you know. A, Look at this patriotic sap. <laughs> <laughs> if it's more of a uh, a get together where we're all making merry, you know, gestures and all that and holiday stuff. You know, maybe I'll go for like a Keith's or something, or maybe a Moosehead. That's a nice choice of mine as well. But uh, I try to avoid the American beers when I'm watching hockey. It just doesn't oh. feel right in the soul. Try to avoid Coors Banquets, Coors Light, Bud Light. Although Bud Light does have a special place in my heart for uh, for for Jack Eigel purposes, but I keep that for the jokes. But yeah, generally around World Junior time or, or Canada time, you know, it's mostly Molson Canadian or whatever I can grab. I'm, I'm with you with the Molson there. It really yeah. makes you feel patriotic. Just lights up your heart on the inside a little bit. Exactly. I think it's just that's what you're looking for. 
I want to ask you, Will. I know you're not a not not such a huge hockey fan, but I know you're a fan of your beers. So what, what, <laughs> what, what, what do you see yourself drinking on a on a on a nice night watching watching some hockey? I think our friend Kyle here is really neglecting the more uh, the, the seedier <laughs> underbelly of the Molson franchise. I mean. <laughs> Guy beers like like Molson Golden, like possibly one of the greatest light beers ever 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 introduced. I mean, rest its soul, but OV, uh, any Come kind on. of any kind of any kind of two dollar Euro can like Spaten or Wernersgerner or Dab, like you don't you don't need to be a rocket scientist to know that if you go to the beer store and roll up with your forty bucks to buy your case of beer, you can do a lot better than uh, than Canadian. And just if you just if you spring for the for the taller cans and the better beer, I mean, I think really the Americans perfected the factory beer. Canada's not really there right now. I mean, you got things like High Life, Coors Banquet, and I got to tell you, I've done the Pepsi Challenge, and they the, the, those 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 low key factory Canadian beers they just don't stand up. Oh, here's what I'll say, Will. I. I think I'm coming more around to your side in in a way, but I'm still very patriotic on the beers I buy. It's just that now when I go to the beer store, I'm looking for the craftiness. Oh, you know, so like yeah, like in university. In six at sixteen. Yeah. Well, no. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man! You have your first beer, and you got to try every idea no, on the no, side. No, come no. on. <laughs> what I'm saying is the days of the university drinking habits, oh, where I'm just buying God. like you know like a two four a week. Those days are largely uh, not around at You're the moment. You're a man with disposable income now, eh? Yeah, well, be said for that. You know, I, I just I, I find myself drinking a lot less, and usually it's for a game. And in, in these days, I just I try to find something that's got a cool can. <laughs> <laughs> so I work counts a lot for you, eh? Exactly. And there's a lot of craft beers in Canada that really, really nail the can, and the beer just tastes terrible. I, I reckon you're a bit more well-adjusted than me. I mean, like for me, it's just it's a pure economics matter again. Going back to the whalers, like I gotta, I gotta be, I gotta be getting the most amount of beer for my money when I walk into the beer store. Mm. That being said, I will occasionally splurge on a craft beer because you just can't beat that, that, that mic. Like as long as it's good, that's the one thing. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of shitty craft beers out there that are you know every seems like every brewery these days is making an IPA and uh, as nice as those are on occasion. It's not something I'd want to drink all the time. I'm not a guy who bases my identity on, uh, on, on, on just drinking IPAs and being as masochistic as possible. <laughs> yeah, and I, I find like when a craft brewery makes like a hoppy style beer, they all sort of taste the same. Oh, and like, that's it's the, just it's hard for them to differentiate. And then re- I reckon that you can actually use the bitterness of hops to just mask any bad brewing techniques. Yeah, that's fair. Like imagine if you're just some like you're you're some bum brewmaster who like fires together whatever piece of crap you want to and you know doesn't let it ferment properly doesn't do the process properly and you know it's hoppy so men's aren't going to taste the uh the 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 lousy brewing there you go there you have it yeah well what do you think of what's your favorite craft brewery in ontario my favorite would have to be a little joint in Gravenhurst called Sawdust City. That was the old name for the town back in the day before it uh, before it swapped over to Gravenhurst. And uh, really? I gotta say, uh, generally pretty reasonable price wise, but boy, do they have some fantastic beers. Um, it's the one. It's the one brewery that I still have left over from my uh, my younger days when I used to, you know, shop by, shop for beer by Can Art and. Uh, 
I mean, like, Nick, he's, he's had it. He can vouch for this. I mean, what did we have this summer? A butter tart beer? Yeah, I mean, who would have guessed you'd find a butter tart beer? I mean, that that's that's really something. And it tasted like a butter tart. It, it really it did. It really did. We, we ate butter tarts by a campfire with these, butter tart, these beers, butter tart beers. And, and it was, wow, boy. Words cannot, cannot, cannot mention how good that is. I mean, like, I, yeah. after drinking... That sounds terrible, boys. <laughs> Jackass! <laughs> after drinking so many, so many kind of, like... I, I find that after a while, especially with these factory beers and, and even some of the more larger imports from, from Europe, the lager kind of tends to blend together, and then it almost seems like every one of them tastes kind of the same. I mean, like... As much as I can, as much as I can say without a doubt that Molson Canadian cannot stand up to these to these to these American factory beers and what I get from Europe, uh, I got to be honest. After a while, you get a little bit sick of them, so you kind of want something a bit new, and they really do it with the Kolsch. I mean, you know. Oh yes. Yeah. If no one's had it, the the Sawdust City Kolsch. Gateway Kolsch. Gateway Kolsch. One of Dante's very favorite. Classic lager um, ale from Cologne, yeah, Germany. Fa- fantastic very good. stuff. Um, now, now, one thing I do want to mention is, you know, beers aside, what what's the best, you know, what's the best beverage to drink at a hockey game, like uh, just in general? I mean, beers aside, you you can pick anything you want. What is the prototypical drink to have over the course of a hockey game? Well, I reckon it goes it goes back to the old uh, the old Canadian coffee, right? Canadian club, Black Tim's cup, or double double if you're a coward. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, aside from that, I mean, like, really, just dealer's choice, whatever you can fit in your pocket. I guess, I guess it only really changes when you go to a to an actual rink and you go to the ACC and you have to pretty much decide whether or not you're gonna break into the theater or break into the arena with with your own booze. Or you're gonna pay that twelve dollars a beer when you're there, right? Yeah, no, I'd I'd have to say I'd I'd vouch for a nice uh, a nice black dark roast from Tins. That's what I always get, and it's a nice nice warm beverage to have sitting in. Uh, what what what's that? Will do you have do you have something to say? Well, you're forgetting this the 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 biggest part, Richard. What kind of booze are you putting in that? <laughs> oh boy, you know I'm not a fan of mixing those two. <laughs> Um, but no, no, that's what I was saying. It's, uh, <laughs> you're gonna spike in your tins before class. Richard, right? coffee, yeah. coffee, and coffee and alcohol are like it's probably the most classic combination out there. Uh, you, you know, I'm all about preserving my health nowadays. <laughs> oh, Mr. Triathlon over here. No, <laughs> uh, no, I, I think a cup, a good cup of tins goes a long way. I'd like to state for the record that out of this group of friends, I am definitely the biggest degenerate. So mm-hmm. yeah, take that's... take take this old man's opinion with a grain of salt. Uh, these these lads over here they have uh they they have they have they have shit to be prepared for and uh, and 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 friggin' Richard I mean like he's he's out running and swimming all the time so probably can't gas as much booze as uh, as, as this man can but that being said uh, Canadian Canadian club and uh, if you're in the states maybe maybe Seagrams I guess but any kind of shitty coffee and that. You can't go wrong. And, and so does that transcend into the territory of like best booze to kind of sneak into a game? Because oftentimes, like let's say it's a minor hockey game, you know, you're, you're not going to show up with your with a, with a two for, you know? Uh, this is getting weird. Well, I'm, Dante, you had something to say? I just, 
Are you gonna spike your your boot your coffee with some booze to go watch a minor hockey game? Triple A, triple A, triple. Man, you gotta get gassed up for those parking lot fights. Though, if I'm going to watch my little kid play hockey or like my brother or my cousin or something play hockey, I'm not gonna be spiking my my coffee on the way on the way to the game there. Well, it's nice to hear that, Professor Highbrow. Uh, <laughs> so wait, yeah. <laughs> All I'm going to say is that you really just can't beat getting, having a warm beverage, getting a bit drunk, and sitting out in the cold. To me, that seems like something that's been done by generations of Canadians throughout pretty much as long as we've been doing shit outside in the cold, which is since we've, since we've ever existed. And uh, I mean, like, you know. Sounds like a recipe for hypothermia, if you ask me. Sounds like a recipe for some good plaster. That's what I think. <laughs> Come on, man! You're 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 going to a minor league hockey game, and some guy roughs up your kid, and you get to just uh, just throttle him in the parking lot by his grand caravan. Like, why would you not want to do that? Oh man! <laughs> I hope you become a hockey dad one day. I'd love to see this. Speaking of hockey dads, uh, I was just talking to my brother, and he was reminiscing about the old days when he used to play for uh, for a, for a goofy select team. <laughs> out in Hillcrest oh, and we were talking about this 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 old hockey dad named Roy and for those of you for those of you who aren't aware most older Canadian men will bob their heads when they talk to you so <laughs> like like you know what I'm talking about eh when you're like when you're going like oh how's it going eh and like you know like you they, they, they give you in a very aggressive handshake they kind of always smell a little bit like some cheap butts like uh, like, uh, like players or demores or palm malls uh, Jesus, man, I, I don't know uh, what hockey dad's my, my dad sounds nothing like there this is season. there is there is there is charm in looking at the fringe groups of these of these of these things like hockey dads because if you have like a buttoned up suburban hockey dad mm -hmm. that's that's more of like that's more of a city thing as soon as you as soon as you go out to like the real places that hockey history is made like the the rural parts of Ontario Aurora mm -hmm. the Oakvilles the Pickerings the Ajaxes they do things a little bit differently out there. It's not not so much dudes showing up in a Range Rover, but more guys driving up in a patchy, rusted old pickup truck, mm -hmm. smelling like butts, wearing that old crappy down vest, yeah, and yeah. Uh, just just being aggressive. And that's I I think I think there's there's a time and a place for these kinds of people, and 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 at hockey games out out in the out in the sticks, like that's pretty much it. It's it's the spirit of the game. That's that's what they that's what they carry with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, being being a, a, a Toronto boy, I, I can't say I've run into many of those uh, those small town hockey dads that smell, the, uh, smell like butts. They're the Whalers. But... They're the Whalers fans. <laughs> Rick, they're the Whalers fans that have been transplanted yeah. into into the twenty first century. I'll I'll take your word for it, Willie. Hockey's a bit too professional nowadays. I mean, like I miss the fights. I miss the the lax regulations. Uh, mm hmm. It's the kind of thing that you want to just like. Sometimes you just get that that instant gratification of just a guy getting jerseyed on the ice and filled by some dude who's probably a bit drunk. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're really cutting down on that stuff these days. You know, they're really they they've taken out hitting down to the age of uh, must be twelve now or something. Twelve or 14. that's rough. It's, I mean, like this this is the or game. fourteen. I'm sorry, it's gone higher. Is what I what I was trying to say. It's gone. It used to be 11 or 12, and now it's up to 14 years old, and I think they may just take it out altogether one of these this days. This is a game, though, that thrives with a little bit of aggression in it. Uh -huh. I think that's what makes a, a good hockey player. A guy who's aggressive, wants mm -hmm. it more than the other guy. Yeah. And taking out these fights, man, like, it's 
it, it it's it's a sad part of where we where we are today. But hockey is really one of those games that without fighting, it's just guys fucking around with sticks it's and a puck. Like, <laughs> <it's just, laughs> might as well I mean, call it ring out at that. Yeah, point. I mean, like, might as well play lacrosse at that point, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, I we we just came off the pond and we had some fun, and it's not like guys are throwing the body around, you know. Oh, yeah. But. Uh, you got to realize though that there's always that one dude at a at a at a shinny game where he's raising the he's raising the puck. <laughs> yeah. He's going full, he's going full yolo, going full send. And you know, like you you can you don't know like he might just he might just get a bit cheesed at some stranger he's never met in his life before and thought and thinks, "Hey, why don't I go as fast as possible, get some speed going around the rink and fucking buck this guy. <laughs> just get him get him plastered on the ice. I want to see these Toronto kids dance." How That's many how many uh, how many games of shinny have you been to there, Willie? Not too many records. <laughs> Yeah. But you, but you see what I'm saying, though. You see yeah. what I'm saying yeah. about how I, I there's the there's the odd guy who just gets a bit too aggressive, bit too rough, bit too yeah. rough. But that's I think that's hockey in essence. I we, think we just saw it today. Will Nico had the puck actually earlier, and some kid comes flying down the ice, gives Nick a nice little body check. Well, is this the Wilming- buddy? It's uh, Shinny Wilmington Rink. Yeah. Oh. What are you doing there? Yeah, I don't know what he was doing, but. I mean, he was the one who went down, so I felt kind of it, bad. It was, I, I it didn't was, do anything. It was funny. I just saw yeah. you looking at him after he fell, yeah. but my God. Or that one guy. We the were, way he ran at no. you, though, Nick. I was oh, like, I agree. What's this guy doing? But you know, Will's right. I mean, uh, Richmond Hill, I think about a month ago when we were playing there, there was that big fatso. Oh. He was a big 50-year-old fatso. Thinks okay. wrong, the, guy, the guy did the spin-orama? Thinks he's McDavid. The unit, man. The but, unit. Yeah, he's on a breakaway. He does a spin-orama. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Total, total spinorama. I mean, he has no business making that move. This guy is already on the ice. This guy's a pucks and pylons at best quality skater. You gotta imagine a and big, a big belly hanging over the hockey pants. Pretty much a boiler. Pretty, pretty a boiler, much. as we say up north. Three hundred yeah. to three hundred fifty pounds. Yeah. So I, I do believe there's merit to Will's point in that there are those kind of guys who will who will do that shit. So, but but is that. Is that is that just the consequence of, of, of just some guys who have a little bit of a pent up aggression hopping on the ice for shinny, or is that just the game itself that no one really likes to no one really likes to talk about too much? I mean, like Kyle, would you watch a hockey game if there was no chance for a fight whatsoever? I would, Will, and I have to say this: we, as a collective group, we chirped this guy to no <laughs> end. He was the joke of the whole game. The butt of the see, joke, eh? Yeah, when you see a guy barreling down the ice and doing all the like being too aggressive and raising the puck guy's a fucking loser man like we were like man this guy does not know how to play hockey he's not he's not with it he seems like a construction guy who just wants to get his fucking energy out that's what he seems like like he has no place on our ice i guess i guess it's a game of people and 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 everyone's gonna have their own reasons for why they hop on the ice some guys like the strategy some guys like the 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 the, (coughs) the 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 dangles the shots some guys like to fight, and I think that's what makes it a really great game. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it all, it, we can complain about it all we want, but at the end of the day, it is part of the, the game that we that we love and watch every single day, and uh, and, and you got to accept every, every little part of it. I have a theory on his backstory, though, and I, I didn't share this with anyone because I had oh. only seen him at, a, at another shinny when you guys weren't there. Right. Unfortunately, you guys were all back at school, but I think that he was a prospect for the NHL, 
Ah. Uh, and then you started laying into the burgers a little too hard. <laughs> burgers or cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's what's ruined more hockey careers yep. than, uh, than double doubles. Well, if you've seen this guy, it would it would be definitely burgers with this guy. Yeah. Tell you. Um, he just started laying into a little bit too hard, and next thing you know, he's pushing the three hundred pounder, and oh. just, there's no chance of being in the NHL after that. So basically, just just, just a got on, a got on skates. That's <laughs> that's all we that's got. Pretty much exactly. What he just well. Big ball of meat. They follow me, eh? That's exactly what it is. Basically, this shinny was the Stanley Cup Finals for this guy. It doesn't get any better than this. <laughs> so he really didn't. He's peaked, and now he and now he just just roughs guys up on the ice. Eh? Yeah, exactly. But he wasn't even like roughing guys up on purpose. He was just being a schmuck. Like he, it's like he wasn't even trying. You're gonna just... get those dickheads, I reckon. Yeah. On, on the ice, you know. I mean, an open open shinny in uh, in North York. Like you're gonna get those guys that. Probably stopped playing hockey a little while ago. Missed the camaraderie, missed the missed missed the, missed the yokes, and uh, they uh, they they have this kind of frustration, and they take it out on those guys that they see on uh, on the shinny ice. Yeah, I mean, just on a closing note here, fellas, and it's it's a good conversation. I think when you look at the game of hockey and its beauty, you're absolutely correct that uh, there needs to be a physicality to it. But I think we, we should be able to draw the line between straight-up hockey fights and, and just good, hard physicality in the game. It's a it's a strategic game. It's not like it's a, yeah. gla- a gladiator-type situation where you're pretty much just wanting to go see guys filled on ice. All I'm saying is that it's a nice thing to see. You know what I mean? Occasionally. A good fight. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's time, time and place. It's the time, kind of time, time and place. It's the kind of thing that really makes a yeah. game worth talking about with your lads at the bar the yeah. night after. Sure. I mean, I don't expect to. You know, we're about to hop <laughs> on the pond yet again today. I don't anticipate to see a fight between you know just two guys who are having fun on the holidays. Like, I don't think that stuff's warranted. But like I said, time and place. There's a certain time and place for everything, and you just gotta you gotta you know tailor like, the game like the around. His- yeah, the history of the game might be a little bit cleaned up these days, but. Uh... Like I said, back when those back when those whalers were around, things were rough. Fights were a lot more a lot more common. I mean, like weren't there some weren't weren't some of the greatest enforcers in the history of the game out of that period, out of the seventies? Of course, yeah, of course. Now Nick says time and place, and I think it's a really good point because these days when we see fights, it's for all the wrong reasons. Now you mentioned, uh, you know, a fight here and there does does the fans and the team some good. I think that's absolutely true, but you have to do it in the right moments. Someone roughs up your goalie, I have no problem with you dropping the gloves. But if someone lays a clean hit on fucking Sean Monahan, come on, man, it's a clean hit. It's Sean Monahan's fault, you know. There, there's too just, much nonsense. You get that. You get those shenanigans, eh? Because some guys are just a bit more aggressive than others. Yeah. But but at the end of the day, that aggressive, whether it whether it manifests itself in in a in a in a, in a rumble on the ice or a guy just aggressively pushing that puck to the other guy's zone. That's that's the kind of that's the kind of like that's the kind of fire that you really need for this game, and that's the kind of thing that it's going to be ubiquitous with hockey for as long as it's around. Well, on that note, on that note, boys, I salute all of you. This was a fantastic time. It, Round for, table, the first of many. I hope. I hope the audience enjoyed it just as much as we did. And uh, hey, and, uh, until next time. You know, we hope you guys enjoy the World Juniors. It 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 it's it started like we said. Uh, you know, more games on tonight. NHL action starts again tonight. Kyle and I are playing off, facing off in fantasy. So, so there should be lots to talk about in our next episode. So, we hope you guys enjoyed this, and uh, we will uh, see you guys next time.
Rink Moose is signing off. <laughs>